Welcome, listeners, to episode number 25 of the Andrew Food for Thought podcast. Today, I'm joined by my guest, Patrick Yu, and our topic for today is going to be all about Korean food and more specifically about Korean barbecue. And so Patrick has a a restaurant that he's going to be featuring that's uh, down in Koreatown in L.A. Uh, Patrick is originally from Southern California in Orange County. Um, And before we get into the featured restaurant and start talking about it, I wanted to um, give Patrick an opportunity just to give kind of an overview of what Korean barbecue is uh, for any listeners who haven't had a chance to try it out yet. And um, just kind of say uh, what what you could expect if you go to a Korean barbecue restaurant. So, Patrick, I'll go ahead and uh, kick it over to you and and let you uh, get started with uh, talking through that. Yeah, Andrew, thanks for having me. Um, you know, it's it's awesome to be able to get on this podcast and be able to share, you know, with you and your listeners uh, a little bit about Korean barbecue and, you know, what it means to me as a Korean American. Um, ever since, you know, being a little kid, I've, uh, like you mentioned, I grew up in Orange County and um, Southern California, which actually has a pretty, pretty dense population of, of Korean people or Korean Americans. Um, I think it's definitely within the top five and all across America. Um, and, you know, Korean barbecue definitely is one of the first cuisines that comes to mind um, whenever talking about Korean food. And I think that for anybody that has never tried Korean food in their life before, um, Korean barbecue is definitely a very, um, very friendly way or introduction to Korean food. Um, and it gives a really good sense of what it what Korean food truly means and embodies. And so um, something that, I mean, definitely something that you can um, expect to see at a Korean restaurant when you go in there uh, or a Korean barbecue restaurant is the, there is going to be a grill pan in the middle of each table. Um, and that's where you, you know, cook the meat yourself. So that's a little nuance to Korean barbecue where instead of, Typically, instead of having the server cook the meat for you, um, you could actually cook the meat for yourself. Um, and so that's a little different nuance where you kind of get to control how, how well done you, or not well done you want your meat. Um, and on top of that, too, usually there are a lot of side dishes, um, you know, from kimchi, which is pickled radish or pickled cabbage. And to me, Korean barbecue really represents um, one of the more iconic Korean food dishes. Um, whenever I ask any of my friends around me um, if you know if they want Korean food, the first one of the first things that always comes up is Korean barbecue. Um, and one one nuance about Korean barbecue, or one thing about Korean barbecue, is that you can either choose to do Korean barbecue in an all-you-can-eat f- fashion, where you pay a flat fee, and you usually get you know two to three hours of unlimited time to order whatever meat you want that's on their menu um, and basically eat as much as you want. Or you can do an a la carte version where you basically just order by plate and, you know, they give you a plate of like all the meat that you wanted. For example, um, ribeye or bulgogi, which is a very famous Korean dish, which we'll talk about later on. But either way, when, whenever you go into either, you know, either of the two styles of Korean barbecue restaurant, some things that you can definitely expect to see are very friendly, very friendly servers. Um, You know, Korean restaurants really pride themselves on 
providing the best experience and the best service. Um, so you'll see on all the different tables that are in the restaurant, there usually is a button. When you press the button, it actually alerts, um, it alerts the restaurant and all the servers that, hey, my table needs attention. And so there's always going to be that noise to the servers until they actually come and help serve you. And that's definitely something that you should come to expect when you, when you go to a Korean restaurant. If anything, Korean barbecue is definitely very, very great introduction to Korean food, in my opinion, just because there is so much variety within it, within, you know, each um, meal that you go to. Um, because not only are you trying all these different types of meats, but you're also trying all these different types of side dishes. And there's also a lot of different stews that are offered as well. These stews are, you know, then, you know, there's actually other restaurants in Koreatown and Southern California where, um, you know, they specialize in these, in these soups that the Korean barbecue restaurants are offering. So it could be kind of a, Korean restaurants are definitely a good, I guess, gateway to um, other Korean restaurants, if that makes sense. So I think it's definitely a really, really good place to start out for anybody. So for today, we have our featured restaurant is a Korean barbecue restaurant, like I mentioned. Um, it's a place called Kang Ho Dong. And this is a very popular spot um, right in Koreatown in LA. Ahead of our podcast, Patrick, you were mentioning to me that it's uh, it's a chain. So there, there are other locations and they have locations in Korea as well. Just to start to, you know, give an overview of the restaurant, if you just want to say, um, you know, what, what makes it stand out to you, you know, why you decided to feature it today and um, kind of if somebody's going there, what they can expect uh, when they go to eat there. Yeah, so Kang Dong has always been one of my favorite Korean restaurants to go to because it is very unique um, in that the table setting also, um, well, first off, the grill that they use is a little different than normal grills where they actually use um, charcoal fire under it to actually cook the meat directly versus other other Korean barbecue restaurants that typically use propane um, instead of actual, um, you know, just pure flame. So even that alone changes the taste and texture of the meat. Um, and on top of that, too, the restaurant also adds cheese on the side of the grill, um, which isn't typical across uh, most Korean barbecue restaurants where um, the cheese is actually melting along with the meat that is being cooked. So you can actually use that cheese as a dip. And Korean people really love to eat cheese along with their food, surprisingly. And so that's that's also a little, um, little additional feature that the restaurant gives to the customers and that to show them a little more of a glimpse behind Korean food and culture. And I think that in terms of the restaurant itself, like you're saying, I mean, it is a huge chain and, you know, there's multiple locations in California, um, mainly Southern California. And then it also has locations in Korea. Um, it was actually started by a famous Korean celebrity or comedian and his name is Kang Odong. Um, and it's awesome to me that the chain has grown so big because it actually started out in Korea and then migrated over here. But in terms of the actual restaurant itself, when you go into the restaurant, um, you can expect you know, very friendly staff, like I was mentioning before. Um, it is an a la carte restaurant, so it's not all you can eat. Um, so you would have to know which specific meats you would want in advance. Um, but then you would also be able to expect all the side dishes, like I was mentioning before, 
from kimchi to salad to, to pickled radish or to the fish and a lot of different other um, side dishes that they would offer too. Definitely. Yeah. So I am looking at the menu um, that they have posted on their website and I know, you know, with, with Korean barbecue, the main focus is, is the meats that you have. You have this, um, you know, nice charcoal grill in front of you and they bring out the raw meats that you can cook yourself and, and uh, do it exactly, uh, you know, however long you want to cook each, each piece of meat. So they have their beef, they have their pork. Uh, but I, I know also on their website, you know, they have several appetizers listed as well. So they have like the seafood pancake, for example, they have uh, pork kimchi stew, they have tofu soup. So that's uh, another question I had was just, you know, if, if you're going out to this restaurant or, or maybe just in general to other Korean barbecue places, are there certain appetizers that you like to go for? Or do you kind of uh, just m- more so focus on the meat? Yeah, no, that's a great question. Um, so for me, I would say that I typically do focus on the meat. Um, in terms of different side, side stews or side dishes that I would also try. In addition, uh, I would highly recommend um, kimchi stew or um, soybean paste stew if, you know, if the restaurant offers it. Um, I would also recommend egg, egg stew as well, where, where they basically steam eggs in a pot. Um, it sounds a lot simpler than it is, but it tastes really amazing with rice. Um, and then... I would also say, in addition to those, um, you could also order, especially in the summertime, um, cold noodles, uh, which basically is, you know, what it sounds like, where it's um, noodles in usually a beef broth. um, And it usually has ice as well in there because usually Korean people like to eat this dish during the summer when it's hot, um, along with, you know, marinated meat because that combination tastes really, really good together. Um, and so th- I would say that those those dishes on the side would be what I would, um, you know, order typically um, if if I wanted to order something else that wasn't the meat. Um, but generally, I do try to focus on the meat because that's kind of where I, what I'm going for when I go to a Korean barbecue place. Um, but the Korean barbecue restaurants also do, um, you know, when they do make these other stews and other soups. They usually are very good at making them too um, because they, you know, they want you to fill up on that stuff versus the actual meat. So um, usually they are really good at that too. Yeah, that, that totally makes sense. I mean, especially with, with the all you can eat places, um, you mm-hmm. know, you, you don't want to fill yourself up with a lot of appetizers and sides when you have a lot of great meat that, that they keep bringing out. So I know one of the side dishes that you mentioned was the cold noodles and, Mm-hmm. I think for me, I was kind of late to the game and, and uh, trying out Korean food. Like I didn't grow up in a place that had many Asian restaurants really at all in Indiana. So I know when mm-hmm. I first tried, um, first started eating Korean food, like the cold noodles kind of was something that I wasn't used to. Like I, I was surprised that they weren't warmed up and mm-hmm. like with a lot of the little side dishes, um, you know, I think I think a lot of the side dishes are they're they're different kind of vegetables and they don't have a lot of flavor and they're kind of mm-hmm. um, more of just like you know a little crunch or or a little uh, something that has a different texture and flavor from the meat. So I think that's a that's a big thing 
mm-hmm. I've noticed as I as I've eaten more Korean food, had more Korean barbecue, is that like the side dishes, um, a lot a lot of it is just like the meat is so flavorful and heavy, and it's like you just need something to like balance it out. Exactly. So, like you can have a little bit of uh, you know kimchi or a little bit of um, sprouts or or you know these little vegetable side dishes that they have. Yep. It kind of uh, help, helps helps with uh, balancing out the meal a little bit. So yeah, that's that's exactly. definitely something I think. You know, if if somebody's not been to a, to a Korean restaurant before, that kind of help them to understand how how the meal is kind of uh, structured. Yeah, no, that's a that's a great point you're bringing up, and you know, you nailed it on the T. Where the side dishes, you know, even though you can't eat them on their own, um, you know, like you're saying, usually it tastes even better when you, you know, eat it with something else. So whether it be with, you know, rice or whether it be with the actual meat itself, um, you know, the main reason, like you're saying, for these side dishes is the overall balance of the meal. Um, And so it also shows different elements of Korean cuisine as well, um, because a lot of the side dishes that they offer at these restaurants are pretty typical. Um, You know, you'll see them across, you know, all the different Korean restaurants that you go to. And, you know, like you're saying with the cold noodles, I actually, I completely agree with you. That's kind of like one of the, one of the dishes I wanted to mention too, um, just because I know that it doesn't sound the most, you know, appealing or appetizing at first, but if, you know, if you're, if you're daring enough, I would say that it's definitely a dish that I would highly, highly recommend, especially in the summer. Um, I would recommend that, um, especially like on the hottest day in summer. Um, I would go to, you know, a Korean barbecue restaurant or a Korean restaurant that offers cold noodles. And usually when they offer cold noodles, they also offer something called kalbi. And kalbi basically just means short ribs. And so I'm sure most most people are familiar with beef short ribs. And so think of beef short, beef short ribs, but marinated in kind of like a soy sauce type of base. Um, so usually if you eat that soy sauce kalbi, along with the cold noodles as well, that combination tastes amazing. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. If, if it's really hot out, it's not uh, the most most uh, pleasant thing to be eating in a hot soup. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, and so I know with, with Korean barbecue, um, something that you mentioned, that a lot of places are, are kind of focusing on the all-you-can-eat um, concept uh where they just keep on bringing more meat you order order what you want uh, but then other places like uh your featured restaurant today they do more of a a la carte style mm-hmm. um so how does that kind of affect your decision in terms of like what you're going to order at the restaurant or maybe even just like the group of people that you decide to go with uh go doing all you can eat versus a la carte yeah, no, that's a great question. Um, so for me, the way that I like to look at it is if I'm going with, you know, a group of friends or a large gathering of people, um, I typically lean towards going with an all-you-can-eat type of setting because at all-you-can-eat settings, you know, there's a variety of different meats that you could choose from. And, you know, especially with a large group of friends or any group of friends, I mean, everyone's going to want to try different things and you want kind of more exposure to all the different types of meats because 
you know, you want, well, at least I want my friends to try out as much Korean food as possible. And I want to be able to show them as many type of meats as possible that I personally enjoy. Um, so that's kind of usually when I go to all you can eat settings. Um, but if it's with my family or, you know, my, my close friends as well that have already been to Korean barbecue a lot and have already had a lot of all you can eat experience, uh, I tend to lean towards a more um, a la carte setting because a la carte settings, um, although they are typically are more expensive than all you can eat, um, the meat quality is much better. Um, and so usually, even though um, you don't really get to try as many variety of meats, um, usually you going into the all you can eat a la carte restaurants, you know which meats you tend to prefer. And so usually that's kind of what you order at all a la carte restaurants. Um, and so that's kind of the little nuance that I would say that I have between deciding on if I want to go to, you know, an all you can eat restaurant or um, an a la carte restaurant. And so typically when, you, when you're going out, um, I know there's usually a variety of uh, drink options, like obviously with Korean food, soju is popular and you can probably find beers there as well. So, uh, you know, what, what drinks do you usually like and do you have kind of a, you know, a specific uh, drink order that you might go with at, at a certain restaurant? Yeah, so I think I, I would say that uh, beer and soju definitely are very popular drinks to have with um, Korean barbecue. Um, you know, you could you know also drink soda as well. Um, I think that that generally is, you know, the, the uh, scope of drinks that they provide at Korean barbecue, you know, whether it be, yeah, just... American soda or Korean style soda or just soju or, or beer. Um, I think that that generally is what they offer at most Korean restaurants. Um, they also do offer Korean rice wine at some restaurants as well. Um, but typically most, most people don't really drink that along with Korean, uh, Korean barbecue. Usually it's, it's soju or beer. Yeah. I think that at the times that I've, on uh for a korean barbecue it seems like a lot of those restaurants are open later at night so um mm -hmm. they definitely do well with uh with the drink sales as well as as the night goes on oh yeah definitely oh yeah it, it's 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 definitely really common for um you know a group of friends to go out to korean barbecue on a friday night and then you know after after eating korean barbecue and having some drinks there you know after after that they go to karaoke or they go out to a club after um, and you know continue their night on from there um, so usually Korean barbecue is a good setting to kind of start the night um, especially like an all-you-can-eat setting where you're um, you know eating a lot of food to kind of prepare yourself um, for the rest of the night so I know earlier in the podcast I was talking about uh, Koreatown in LA um, it's an area that you're familiar with uh, since you grew up in SoCal um, so I, I've been down there, uh, a couple of times I've, I've had Korean barbecue there. I also went to a place that has Korean fried chicken that was really super impressive. That, that was, uh, one of the, I think one of the best restaurants down in LA that I've been to. I really like that place. Mm -hmm. Um, so Koreatown, it's, it's pretty big. I mean, I think, I think it's, um, you know, a lot of cities in the United States don't have a specific neighborhood that they designate as like a Koreatown, but in LA, um, they have their own Koreatown. It's pretty big. There's a lot of restaurants, a lot of, uh, things to do there. So 
uh, do you want to just kind of explain, you know, what, what the Korea town is like and, um, you know, what kind of your experience has been there, if, if there's any particular other restaurants or, or places that you go there? Yeah, so in Koreatown, I would say Koreatown in LA is one of the largest, if not the largest, um, you know, Koreatown in America. And so I would say it's very, fairly similar to, you know, a Chinatown that you would see in another large city as well, uh, where, you know, all the restaurants, or not all of them, but the vast majority of the restaurants and the stores in that location or area are all Korean-owned or Korean-related. Um, so, you know, like you're mentioning, the Korean fried chicken, that's a very, very famous type of cuisine as well for Korean food. There's also spicy tofu stew, um, you know, Korean desserts as well, from like Korean-shaped ice to Korean ice cream. Um, you know, there's also... Korean entertainment as well from like karaoke to, to, you know, the driving range, like the golf driving ranges as well, because Korean people love to play golf. Um, you know, there's a lot of different, it's a lot of different stores as well and markets too. So H Mart is a very famous Korean market that is in the heart of Koreatown. And that's actually personally one of the, my favorite markets to go to just because, um, you know, they offer, basically all types of Korean food within there um, from the Korean barbecue meats too, to, to, you know, tofu stew and, and spicy rice cakes as well. Um, so there's a wide variety of different things to do in Koreatown, but I would say it's, it's pretty similar to any other type of, you know, Chinatown or um, Japantown or any other, you know, cultural, um, cultural location. And I know you've also had a chance to, you know, spend a little bit of time in Korea as well. And so what kind of differences um, did you notice between the restaurants that you would eat at in Korea versus the, you know, kind of more Korean American experience that you would have in, in California? Um, were there any differences that you noticed that stood out to you uh yeah so i think in especially in terms of um, korean barbecue i would say that in korea um, it's typically more of an all a la carte setting versus an all-you-can-eat setting i would say that um, the all-you-can-eat setting is more of a an american uh, of a more of an american thing um just because i think um in you know in korea i mean we tend to typically just um, to eat a, you know, a good amount, sufficient amount versus, you know, overstuffing ourselves. Another thing that I would say is different between the two um, types of types of eating is the style of which we're eating, where in America, this isn't just related to Korean barbecue as a whole, but in general, I would say that American cuisine is and restaurants are kind of more focused on being fast paced um, and, you know, making the food quickly, eating it quickly and getting out um, versus Korea. I mean, like I mentioned before, you know, the service is awesome and usually things do come out quickly, but usually we do, you know, really treat it as an experience of really hanging out with friends and spending time as much as possible. And, you know, le like what having Korean barbecue be kind of like, the first round of a night and then the next the next place we go to we call it the second round so like whether it be another restaurant or another karaoke place or um 
And then usually, you know, there are multiple quote unquote rounds during the night, which is what we call it in Korea, um, where food is really a means of socializing. Um, not saying that Americans, you know, in America don't, you know, socialize over food. Um, you know, they definitely do. But I just think that, you know, in Korea, at least, like, that's definitely something that we really, really prioritize um, and really, you know, pride ourselves on, at least with our cuisine. Um, so I think that that is a slight difference as well. Since I've started doing this podcast, I've been fortunate to have, like, a variety of guests who maybe have ties to different countries. Uh, they grew up in another country or their family uh, is from another country. And so, you know, a kind of a common theme is that for people who immigrate um, to the United States, one of the things that they hold on to most is like the food from their home country. So like they'll, um, you know, usually try to keep the the language in their family as long as they can through the generations um, and, and keep the food as well, um, mm-hmm. you know, through the first and the second of generation of immigrants so like i know for you as a korean american um it seems like you know the korean food has been something that has been important to you growing up so like what what would you say is kind of um just in terms of like korean barbecue and the influence that it has on like you and your friends and your family and like korean americans like would you say that that's uh it was kind of like an important part of of holding on to your identity, like as a Korean American? That's a great question. Um, I definitely, definitely do think it is a a really large part of, you know, who I am as a Korean. And um, it honestly really does make me proud to be a Korean just because, um, you know, I do see a lot of Korean barbecue restaurants, um, especially in California. Um, So it goes to show me at least that our food at least is, you know, loved by a lot of other people around the world. Um, and for me, like when I go to Korean restaurant specific or Korean barbecue restaurant specifically with all my friends, you can ask any of my friends. I'm usually the one to be cooking the meat. And that's just because I want to be want to show the, the best representation of the food as much as possible, because growing up, Korean barbecue would mean a lot or means a lot because or meant a lot to me because we would even have it at home um, with my family um, because we have we had a grill pan at home and, you know, we would cook cook meats, you know, at home too together and just have a really good time and, you know, socialize and bond together. And, you know, just moving that to an actual restaurant is really what is really the driving force um, for me in terms of what it really means. Um, and I just want to be able to show, um, you know, what Korean food really is and Korean culture is to everybody and. You know, it really does start out, I think, with Korean barbecue because it is an easy introduction into the cuisine. And then from the cuisine, you can get, intru- you know, introduced to other aspects of Korean culture, too, like pop culture and, and entertainment and, you know, other aspects, too. So, yeah, yeah, I, I think um, it's growing. I think it's definitely growing in popularity. And, uh, you know, obviously for us living out here in California, uh, we probably have the you know best selection of restaurants and and the most options in terms of the korean food that you could find but i think in in other parts of america as well in other um you know bigger cities um korean barbecue is something that is becoming more 
um, popular amongst amongst people who aren't Korean who are trying it for the first time. And um, so I think I know for me trying it out for the first time, it was something that was exciting and different. And uh, mm-hmm. it was kind of fun to be able to cook your own food and and yep. uh, kind of customize your meal in terms of like what meats you bring out and uh, everybody is kind of just picking off of the uh, grill and um, yeah, much more communal way of eating and, and also socializing. So exactly. Um, so yeah, yeah. I think a lot of what you said in terms of uh, being a, being a way to uh, go out with your friends and, and connect it, it's uh, def- definitely a good way um uh, you know, a good, good way to connect with people. Yeah. And, you know, like you, like you mentioned too, you nailed it on the spot where you're talking about the whole, you know, cooking it yourself. I think that that is definitely one of the most unique aspects of, um, a Korean barbecue experience where, I mean, there are some restaurants or Korean barbecue restaurants that cook it for you if you want, but usually you do cook it on your own where it's a more interactive type of meal, um, where, yeah, you get to choose what goes on the grill, Sometimes you could even put some of the side dishes on the grill if you want to, too. So it really is awesome in the fact that you're able to customize your meal. Um, And so another thing, too, I guess that I wanted to talk about was like the etiquette related to the meals as well. I mean, there isn't necessarily too much, uh, too many, you know, specific things that I can really think of in terms of etiquette. I mean, you know, definitely do not feel afraid to ask the servers for any requests or anything that you would need, um, you know, they definitely understand, you know, if you don't, if you can't use chopsticks or, or anything like that, like, don't feel afraid, you know, they, in their, in their mind, since I've been saying since the beginning of the podcast, you know, customer is number one. So, um, you know, they'll always be more than happy and, you know, friendly to help you out with anything that you need. Um, And I guess one, one small pro tip that I can give you guys is to, for the marinated meats, I would, I typically tend to grill those at the very end because, um, or at least towards the end, just because usually when you grill marinated meats, um, it makes the grill really burnt. And so you typically try not to, uh, I try not to put marinated meats at first because I don't want the following meats that I, that I try to also have that marinated taste to it because the meats are supposed to taste unique to each other and they all have different marinades and flavors um you know intentionally and so i try to keep the marinated meats last and have the non-marinated meats first so that i can actually try the meat on its own which is the way that the restaurant intends that's a really good point yeah because sometimes if you have a lot of different meats cooking all at once it's hard to uh keep track of everything and then pretty soon the marinade starts sipping into some of the other meats mm-hmm. that you can eat. So um, yeah, that, that's a good, uh, good tip to follow for the next time, next time going out to get Korean barbecue. Um, well, thanks so much, uh, Patrick, for doing the podcast today. Um, you know, we're starting to wrap things up, but wanted to also give you a chance if there was anything else that we missed that, that you wanted to talk about. Um, it could be about the restaurant or, about you know what you typically order when you go out for a korean barbecue um so is there anything else that uh that you wanted to cover today i think yeah i mean i think we nailed most of it but i guess i guess the the one thing that i would um you know want to share with everybody before i head out um is yeah the typical order that i would get 
or typical meats that I personally like. And so I would say that one of my favorites is the kalbi, which is the marinated beef short rib. I'm sure that once you guys see that on the grill, it'll be a very familiar sight with short rib. Um, but it's a very, very popular um, dish that um, is offered at most, if not all, Korean barbecue restaurants. Um, another another f- favorite one of mine is the beef brisket. Um, so usually we usually it's offered in a very thinly sliced version, um, and that usually cooks very fast. And that actually usually is what I order at the very beginning because it cooks fast, and usually they provide a good quantity of meat as well. Um, and this is talking about all you can eat restaurants. Um, and then another thing that I like to, to eat is pork belly. Um, so you could think of pork belly as kind of a thicker cut of bacon. Um, and that's something that I love to really, really cook really well, um, because I love to have it crispy. Um, so that's that's another type of meat that I would highly recommend. And then another type of meat that I would recommend is the bulgogi, which is essentially marinated beef, um, like and marinated in a soy sauce um, style marinade. Um, that's also very, very tasty as well. Um, there's also, you know, beef belly cuts as well. Um, so you can you can imagine just, you know, just even just naming those types of meat like the wide variety of meats that they offer and, you know, in all Korean barbecue restaurants, whether it be all you can eat or a la carte, they all offer very similar types of uh, meats. It's just like I mentioned before that the do the nuance between the two is that a la carte is usually higher quality, um, but it costs more. Um, but then all you can eat is, you know, more cost efficient and less qu- uh, lower quality. So I would say that, Either way, you can't really go wrong with either of the choices in Korean barbecue. And, you know, if you've really been itching to try something new or, you know, uh, really want to see what Korean food and culture is, you know, about, then, you know, definitely I would say and highly recommend having a Korean barbecue meal is, you know, a great, great start. Um, You know, definitely reach out to some of your friends that, you know, would be willing and wanting to try it as well and you know it's definitely definitely an awesome experience and i highly recommend it to anybody yeah it's good it's good to get that overview of what kind of meats you typically order because i know when you look at the menu if you've not been to a restaurant like uh, that before it can be a little bit overwhelming and Mm -hmm. there's different options and and you don't know what to start with and what pairs well and so, um, yeah, it's good, you know, to go to go with somebody who's experienced and knows what to expect and what kind of meats they like. And that can help the dinner to go a lot more smoothly. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, if if you're you know daring enough to try other, you know, side dishes and stews as well, definitely you should definitely try out the ones that we mentioned earlier in the call. And, you know, hopefully, you know, you you guys enjoy the experience that you guys have at Korean barbecue and it'll lead to you guys, you know, wanting to explore more about, you know, Korean food and culture and definitely, um, definitely is a huge, huge culture to, to explore. Well, yeah. Thanks again, uh, Patrick, for coming on the podcast. Um, we'll have to, uh, you know, plan the Korean barbecue night. Um, we've <laughs> been working together for a few months now and haven't uh, had a chance to go eat out sometime. So we'll definitely have to do that. Um, and yeah, I, uh, 
I think my my recent experience with Korean barbecue has been all the all you can eat uh, variety. So I I do want to maybe do a little nicer dinner at an a la carte place and and for sure check out uh, Kang Ho Dong like you mentioned down in LA. That would be a lot of fun. So um, yeah, thank you. Uh, thanks for joining for the podcast today. Of course, yeah, I would I would love to do that as well. And you know, thank you for having me and. Definitely, if any of your listeners have any questions about anything, you know, you can feel free to reach out. And thank you, listeners, for tuning in to another episode. And we'll see you next time.